You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, this is AJ Black. This is Locked On Boston College, your daily Boston College podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Now, today we have a lot to talk about. Again, we're going to get into news because it's been a fast and furious day again. But let's jump in with the news. First of all, The news on Boston College's basketball schedule was confirmed today by the school. Missouri and URI are off the schedule, while Florida has been put on, and they're going to play on Thursday. A 9.30 tip-off. 9.30? Oh, gosh, not again. Sorry. As someone who covers the team, I hate 9.30 tip-offs. I have a day job, and that means I'm going to be up till midnight again covering Boston College basketball. So, anywho, the game's at 9.30. And it will be on ESPNU. As I said yesterday, the Gators are like a top 28 team. They're like 28th in the country on ranking. They haven't played yet. Uh, so they'll be starting off their season against the Eagles. And uh, we'll get into what BC did tonight against St. John's in a little bit. The big news of the day was basketball related as well. And now John Rothstein is reporting that Boston College is going to be building a men's and women's practice facility at Boston College. This is huge news for the program. As many of you have said and you know complained about rightfully, Boston College basketball has been kind of in the Stone Age in terms of the facilities arms race. And, and it's been like that for most programs uh, on campus. Basketball has been the worst of recently, though. Now, if you don't know, Boston College pr- practices in what's called the Power Gym. Power Gym is a little room off of the side on Conti Forum that men's, women intramurals anyone can use it so it's been it's hard to get uh practice time and the fact that the uh, practice facility itself is the size of a high school gym it's tiny and so bc has to show that to recruits and it really doesn't look very good and so it's helped it's hurt excuse me the eagles in terms of recruiting and practicing and getting time to use the court And it's been a big complaint. So Boston College, according to the report, are going to be building a practice facility. Now, where is that going to be? Don't ask me because I don't know. (laughs) But I have some guesses. So I heard someone say on Twitter today that they thought it might be at the new Pine Manor State uh, College, excuse me, that the Eagles, uh, Boston College University just purchased. But that's across the road on Route 9. I doubt Boston College is going to be sending their basketball team on a, you know, a car or a taxi to get across Route 9 to get to practice. It's going to be on the main campus. It's going to have to be. Or they could put it on Brighton, I guess, too. But I'm guessing main campus. And my guess, I I guess there's going to be some new spots available um, right behind the parking garage. Uh, There's going to be some spots. And there's going to be some other spots on lower campus. So keep your ears open to see where they're going to be putting that out. But that's big news because... Some, somehow BC got the donations to build that. And if BC needs to go in the route of replacing Jim Christian, having that practice facility is going to be able to attract 
a high-level coach to come in here because they're going to now have, hopefully, facilities that match the rest of the ACC and look like a Power 5 school. Because I'm telling you right now, if BC had fired Jim Christian, say that COVID didn't happen, if they had fired Jim Christian this spring, you know, all the names of all the G5 and those mid, mid-major conference coaches would have been floated. Some of the good ones are not even going to consider Boston College, especially right now, given the state of where their facilities are at. They need something to attract a coach. Because if Jim Christian is not the answer, and many people don't think he is, and I'll I'll save my personal opinion to you when we talk about the game today, um, they're gonna need they're gonna want to bring someone in that can fix this program, that can make BC a ACC contender. And the first place to start with that is you need to show a coach, hey, we have facilities that rival some of the better schools that you'll be able to recruit and say, hey, we have these facilities for practice that you can show those kids. That's a big deal. And look at football, for instance, okay? So BC, about 10 years ago, the big knock on Gene DiFilippo was that he really didn't do much in terms of bringing in uh, the, the, the facilities and athletic stadiums and things up to the 21st century. He really didn't. His big thing was bringing BC into the ACC, and he deserves credit for that. And he had some teams that were very successful, but he didn't plan for the future. Brad Bates, no matter what you say about him, he did, you know, his hires were kind of iffy. And, but he did a good job of setting the starting points for some of these facility changes, okay? The Fish Fieldhouse. Built in 2018, it's a $60 million structure that put BC football back on the map and got, you know, it got Jeff Halfley here. As much as, you know, some other things brought him here as well, having something like that is big. Halfley probably would have never considered BC if that was not there. If they were practicing on Shea Field or under the bubble, I can tell you right now that you wouldn't have gotten a coach like Jeff Halfley. So that's a big deal. Now, look at baseball. I know many of you probably don't like or really care all that about base, much about baseball because it's not that big of a deal. I got a feeling it's going to be a big deal at Boston College in the next decade, okay? You look at where they've gone. So Sheffield was an embarrassment. Um, my wife's cousin played for BC Baseball, and you go and watch, and you're standing on the uh, Beacon Street parking lot garage to watch these games. You don't have stadium seating. That's incredible that they were an ACC program and didn't have that. Uh, that, you know, there was no boards. They didn't have anything in terms of amenities or concessions. They had nothing. So they move it to Brighton campus. They build a beautiful, the Pellegrini diamond. If you haven't been there when COVID slows down, you're going to want to check that out. It's gorgeous. And now they're adding the freight center. Now, BC baseball recruiting is off the charts already. They're one of the top 25 teams in the country in terms of what they're recruiting. And this is a school that, you know, has been an afterthought in terms of recruitment, recruiting in baseball just because of facilities. And so if baseball can do that, if football can bring in Jeff Halfley, think of what this facility is going to do to a basketball program that no one cares about right now. Because believe me, before COVID started, you guys all saw it. You know, I, I, you don't need me to say it. The stadium was dead. The students don't care. And it's been a general malaise since Al Skinner left. So they're going to need to do something. And you can't just say win because that's great, but you need to you need the the foundation to win. You need a good coach. You need a good program. You need like like Jeff Halfley. Look at what he's doing, right? BC basketball needs that. 
And if you're going to move in a new direction after the season from Jim Christian, you need that foundation. And this facility, just even announcing it, will put them in the right direction. When they break dirt, we'll put them even further in the right direction. And when it's done, hopefully Boston College basketball will be packed and we'll have students all over the place. So that is why this is such a big deal for Boston College. And I think you're gonna really you're gonna really enjoy how this is gonna change the face of men and women's basketball. You already have a great coach in women's basketball. This is gonna take them up to another level. Uh, when in a moment we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about men's basketball because they had a game to, on uh, Monday night against St. John's. We're gonna review the game, talk about the ins and outs of the game, and later on we're gonna talk more about the football game coming up this weekend against Virginia. Now I want to talk to you about Coors Light. Coors Light is the perfect beer when you need to chill. And after a game where Boston College was, you know, up and down, up and down throughout the whole game, I needed to chill. It was a stressful game to watch. It was a long game to cover, but I just needed to chill. And after a weekend with, uh, you know, for Thanksgiving and you know taking care of my son. I needed a moment where I just needed to relax and enjoy a beer. Coors Light is the official beer of watching any sport just to drink beer. And there's so much great sports on right now. So there's no excuse not to find one. Cold Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look, delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Again, that's get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Locked On Boston College. I am AJ Black. Later this week, we're going to have Graham Marsh of SI All Gators to talk about the upcoming Boston College Florida Gators basketball game. We're also going to have... Eric Hoffs is on at least twice later on this week to talk about what happened against Louisville one more time and to give us, you know, a lowdown of what to expect against UVA. But let's get into basketball. There was a game tonight against St. John's. It was the 73rd uh, matchup between the St. John's Red Storm and Boston College Eagles. St. John's has had a uh, sizable advantage in this uh, matchup, uh, winning 43 out of 25 games. And tonight was... Interesting. Let's just say it's an interesting game. So Boston College jumps out to an early lead. You know, they're doing what they have done the last two games, which is attack the rim, playing very, uh, you know, aggressive. They got to the foul line. They, you know, they were in the bonus within the first 10 minutes of the first half um, and doing everything that they needed to do to build up a good, solid lead. You know, I think it was at eight or 10 points at one point. Uh, CJ Felder was playing out of his mind. He was hitting outside and inside. He he looks like a completely different player. And then what happens? You know, you watch Boston College and Jim Christian's teams. You know what's going to come up next. They hit a huge drought. All of a sudden, both sides of the ball, just they were playing poorly. On defense, they were giving up easy baskets. Their transition defense was garbage. They were, you know, on offense, they just kind of just stood around and they stopped being aggressive and settled for perimeter shots that were just not falling. And, you know, they went another four or five minutes without getting a bucket. And at this point, it just started to completely unravel. Uh, by halftime, um, went up by 12. 
and then they built up a 20-point lead at one point. But that's when things got crazy. So Boston College for the first, you know, quarter, a half and a, you know, half and a couple of minutes of the second half were just turnover machines. They were really sloppy with the ball on the offensive side of the, you know, they were just making bad choices with the ball and they were out turnovering um, St. John's by quite a margin at one point. But the game got down to late in the second half and all of a sudden, so the St. John's had a lead. You know, they're all bragging out there and they're feeling very confident as they should because they were beating BC pretty well. Then all of a sudden, BC starts play, playing a, more of a pressure defense and they're getting turnover after turnover after turnover after turnover. And they're getting bucket after bucket. And all of a sudden, St. John's lead is shrinking. It's down to eight. It's down to four. It's down to two. Boston College was down by one point. They brought that game back. And then the end of the game was just a mess. You know, Winston Tabs gets the ball. They're down by three. And he can't get a, pe- a playoff. He turns it over. And, it, you know, it just, the end just kind of cycled back to where BC just couldn't get a play to work well. Makai, you know, it was an end, the end of the game, it was 97 93. So if you like offense, this was an offensive game for you. It's also an offensive game to watch. There was just such sloppy basketball by both teams. I mean, as bad as BC played in the first half, St. John matched them with bad play near the end. You know, BC did what they needed to do to get back in that game, but a lot of that was on St. John's, who just played abysmally near the end. So what what happened with BC? Well, you saw offense go come and go. They you know they they hit their highs and lows, um, but. I look at certain things that I always worry about with them. So their defense was bad. The interior defense was really bad. Um, but I look at, at one point, they were really struggling at the foul line. They actually started hitting them near down the end of the, uh, near the end of the game. Their three-point shooting was good. Their field goal shooting was good. They turned it over 19 times, though. That that's enough to lose you any game. So if they gotta clean that up, but you know, as we've seen with some Jim Christian teams, they don't clean that that's an issue all the time. And I worry that if you know, that BC's gonna continue to do that, you know, next game against Florida, and then they hit the ACC schedule, they gotta figure it out. Now some things I some takeaways that I had in terms of different players, CJ Felder, I as I mentioned earlier. What a player he's becoming. So you have guys that you're, you're expecting to do well. Felder was like a 7.4 rebound guy last year. He finished tonight with um, not 18 points and four rebounds and three blocks. So he had a huge game for BC. He looks like a big-time – like he's, he's evolving into a big-time ACC player. And I'm really impressed with how he's playing. Same as Makai Ashton Langford. Um, he finished uh, today with uh, 13 points and uh, four assists. I thought he played really well. He was just too aggressive and ended up in foul trouble and ended up falling out. And then Winston Tabs, um, he had uh, 23. He led the game with 23 points and he also had four fouls, but he also had four turnovers. That's nine turnovers in two games for Tabs. Um, he's got to figure out, you know, he, I know he's getting into the swing of things with the Eagles getting back onto the court, but you know, he, he has his moments, but he also, 
he has his moments where he loses it. Um, and I think some of that kind of bit him at the end of that game. Uh, I also wanted to talk a little bit about Rich Kelly. He's going to be the hot, hot and coldest player on the court all year long. Um, and he's going to get the biggest reactions. I don't know what it is about his style. You know, he has moments where he's, he looks slow. He struggles to break, you know, presses and he turns over the ball a lot. And then he goes and scores five points in like five seconds during that run (laughs) to, to get BC back into the game. It's maddening to watch him play because it's so up and down. Um, and he's going to have to play minutes, so they're going to have to figure out how to use him. But uh, he's one I wanted to talk a little bit about. Now, in our final segment, we're going to talk a, bu- a bit about the UVA game because I want to talk about that. Um, but I also want to talk about, I actually thought of, one that last thing I wanted to talk about was the bowl situation coming up for BC because there's been some big news that have come out uh, that could impact where what happens with Boston College heading into December and January. If you've listened to our show, you have heard me talk about my personal wall. Now, my wall hits me around 2 or 3 o'clock. It leaves me groggy and unable to really do the work that I need to do to be effective. What I've done in the past, I've gone to my coffees. You know, I go to the, 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 the coffee places around and I get myself a large iced coffee. But that energy is fake. It's caffeine. It drives and then it goes away. Now, what I wanted to look for was a healthy replacement that would make me feel better, but it lasted long and was natural. And that's when I found out about Built Go. This is from the same group that brought you Built Bar, the fastest growing protein bar covered in chocolate. Now, what it's going to do to help you get through your wall, it is an ounce and a half, so it's perfectly sized to fit into anything that you're doing to carry around. And it's got it's a workout gel. So if you know I'm a runner, I love my workout gels. Built Go is probably the tastiest one I've ever had. It has co- uh, my favorite chocolate coconut. If you like an almond joy, it tastes just like that. It's perfect. It's fast absorbing. It's protein, so it gets into your system fast. Plus, it's easy on your stomach. It's got a little beta alanine, B3 honey, and a kick of caffeine, which is what you need. Now. What we're going to give you is an offer. If you visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED, you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. This is Locked On Boston College. This is AJ Black. If you like Locked On Boston College, I want to give you a recommendation. Try Locked On NFL. And on Tuesdays on Locked On NFL, Luke Braun and Ross Jackson break down the Monday Night Football action and top fantasy storylines around the NFL with the Tuesday Fantasy Forum. Luke and Ross are joined every Tuesday by a Locked On fantasy expert to help you save your lineup with waiver wires, pickups, must-starts, and more. My gosh, I need that for my fantasy team. If you guys ever want to see how bad my fantasy team is, go to Twitter and follow me on AJBlack underscore BC. I have an abysmal, abysmal team. Anyways, back to Tuesday on Locked On NFL. Go to subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcast, And I'm going to do that so I can hopefully fix my fantasy team. So again, Tuesday on Locked On NFL. Now back to our show. So I wanted to talk about the UVA game. But before that, let's talk about bowl situation. Because there was even more breaking bowl news coming out this week. First of all, over the weekend, the Pinstripe Bowl, a bowl 
Boston College was projected to go to by many different uh, publications was canceled. Now, that's the third bowl joining the Fenway Park Bowl and the Holiday Bowl uh, in the ACC lineup to be canceled. Big news because, as you know, BC is low on the uh, bowl totem pole. Now, that was a little concerning when you saw that, but on Monday night, the Sun Bowl... The bowl that I've seen every bowl projection have BC at also got canceled. Now, this was a bowl I was really hoping Boston College could go to and one that they had not been able to really get to uh, because they just hadn't gotten to that point. It was a a bowl between the ACC and Pac-12. It's one of the oldest bowls in the country. I think it's 86 years old. Um, And it would have been a great opportunity in El Paso, Texas, you know, a New Year's Eve bowl. But that's gone. So that leaves... Uh, six bowls, I believe, left in the ACC. That's a little worrisome because, as we've said before, um, bowls are not bound to take by records this year. So they can take anyone. Now, I think they're going to probably stick with records, but BC sliding down the scale a little bit here, and other teams are going to probably end up getting knocked out. Now, could BC get locked out of a bowl? I, it could happen. If another bowl or two um, in the ACC... Um, you know, order of operations there gets knocked out. BC could be one of the teams left out. I have a suggestion though, and I think this is probably where they're going to go with this. Is I I don't think ACC is going to be the only um, conference to get uh, messed around with bowl games. I think they're all going to eventually lose a bunch, and I think what's going to end up happening is I don't know if it'll be a neutral site game or one school will host it. But I'm guessing during bowl season as a way to celebrate the season and the hard work of teams like Boston College, um, they're going to probably allow teams to schedule another game. And I don't know if that means like, could we get like, you know, Boston College versus uh, Missouri or, you know, TCU or something. I don't know. I don't know who will end up playing or will it be someone like Boston College and UMass? Um, I'm not sure. I don't know what they'll do, but I just think it would be a good way to kind of get around that because, you know, the schools can continue with their um, COVID protocol, you know, that they agree upon, you know, certain parameters and they can have the game. I I think that would be a way so that, you know, you're not having teams like BC who could end up at like seven and four and then end up getting locked out. So keep your eye on that. See what the, we're going to see what the conference does. I, I really don't think, Saturday is going to be the last game of the season for the Eagles. I think they're going to figure out a way to do that. But we'll have to keep our eyes open. You may be. Maybe things are just getting so bad in terms of the spread of the virus that they're just going to say, hey, that's it. We're going to have our New Year's Eve Bowls and our New Year, uh, sorry, our New Year's Six Bowls and the college football playoffs, and that's it. Um, and I'm sure there's plenty of you out there saying, yay, that's all we want. Uh, but we'll see. I, I, I really would feel bad for Boston College because – this is a team that needs to be celebrated, not just because they, you know, they could possibly win six or seven games, but because of what they've done in terms of sacrifice uh, for COVID uh, safety. This is a team that, out of any team in FBS, is the one team that has been almost clear the entire time. They've had that one positive case that wasn't even when they were on campus. So technically, they've had zero positive cases on campus, and that is a testament to a team with high character high sacrifice and high, uh, you know, accountability to each other. So, you know, I hope that if it comes down to BC or, you know, 
NC State, that they look at something like that and say, what's celebrate given what they've done? Let's celebrate Boston College because they deserve it. So we'll see what happens there. Now, the one thing I want to talk about UVA game today is I love to look at one statistic and really kind of dive into why this is going to be a big issue for one team or another. And the statistic that I want to look at is that UVA is dead last in the ACC in pass defense. So if Phil Dracovic can play, and again, that's a big if. We don't know that yet. Even if Dennis Grossell can play, uh, or if Dennis Grossell is playing, that is a huge advantage for Boston College. Um, you know, BC has played a lot of teams where their, their weakness has been the run defense. You know, you look at a game like Syracuse or Georgia Tech or even Texas State, and they still struggled. Now, you put a team out there that struggles against the pass, and that's playing right into Frank Signetti's hand. So I think that's a big statistic to go into this game and say, hey, BC has a big edge there. Betters are not so sure. Uh, last I had seen, BC uh, is a four-point underdog heading into this game. So we'll talk more about that later this week when we talk to Eric Hofsis, and we'll see if we can get a, a UVA guy in here to talk about their team as well because they're a team that doesn't get a lot of press. Um, and they're 4-4, they're four and four, so they're not a bad team. They're coached by Bronco Mendenhall, who's a very good coach. Um, and so we'll see where, where they're at in terms of um, this year. Okay, so we'll be back tomorrow. This is AJ Black. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC. Check out our website on Twitter. If you have not done that already, follow us at LockedOnBC. It's a great place to find out about future episodes. Sometimes I post some things on there. Um, and I am the editor and publisher of BCBulletin.com. If you like what you hear here, Check me out on bcbulletin.com. I do all the writing. Uh, most of the posts are by me. And so hopefully you'll enjoy that. There's been a ton of new stuff up there. I talked about uh, the new practice facility. I talked about today's game. You're going to want to check that out. So go to bcbulletin.com and follow us on Facebook at Boston College SI. So like Sports Illustrated. At Boston College SI on Facebook. And I will see you guys all again tomorrow for another episode. Take care, everyone.